Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other. It can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash swish. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 134 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. What? My name is Chicka Chicka Sarah Ann. That was hyped. And I don't know why. No, I'm just kidding. That was awesome. I actually listened to some Eminem this evening. I just thought it was so good. It was great. I like the way you did the rap star with the the hands and things. Yeah, I wish if only you guys could have seen it. It was very well done. It looked, yeah, it was nice. I mean, she basically looked like Eminem (laughs) on the VMA stage. But we'll call you Skittles instead. Okay, so this episode is sponsored by Hannah Hoddling. Thank you. Thanks, Hannah. Thank you. you. Okay, last time was the first half of chapter nine. So today we are discussing the second half of chapter nine of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Woes of Mrs. Weasley. So make sure you've read that, you know, roughly the second half of the chapter and you're ready to advance your way through the details. Like the advanced guard. That's right. So before we begin, we have more weekly profit news. The first one is awesome for everyone but me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't plan on meeting him and they've already met him. This is true. So, Matthew Lewis has officially been added to the list for Dallas Fan Expo. Um, uh, hooray. So, that's cool. We've got James and Oliver Phelps, Bonnie Wright, Rupert Grant, Matthew Lewis. Why is Chris Rankin not going to be there? I mean, come on. At this point, let's just... Just get all the Weasleys. Let's just Oh, Christopher! Yeah. Well, you'd also need uh, Donald Gleason. He needs to be there. Yeah. That would be cool. My cat is I mean, freaking he kind out, of so I'm sorry no longer... anybody that can hear him. Um, he's probably too busy, like, you know. Trying to recover from Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Things um, didn't end too well for him. <laughs> I mean, like they did, were. but they didn't. So, Yeah. Anyway, I also wanted to remind everybody that we will be doing a meetup in Dallas 
we being Sarah, myself, and Katie. Um, it's going to take place on Saturday, March 28th. It's going to take place at Pioneer Plaza in downtown Dallas. I think that's downtown. Whatever. By the convention center. Um, we don't have a time yet because they haven't released the schedule of events. But we will let you know via social media and on the pod as soon as we know. Hopefully we know before the next episode is recorded because that's when would be the last time we could tell you on the podcast when the meetup is going to be but we'll do our best to make sure that everybody knows when it is um so yeah and then also i wanted to give everybody a little reminder that we will be attending LeakyCon in orlando so hopefully we will get to see you guys there that is taking place the final weekend of july actually harry potter's birthday weekend in orlando at the orlando convention center um of course we'll do a meetup in orlando as well so um we're not sure where that'll take place or when obviously yet because we don't know anything about the schedule for leaky con but we will let you guys know as soon as we know for that as well. And then also the weekend before LeakyCon Orlando is Wizardly World of Kent, and we will be able to attend. There's been some confusion because a while back we said that we weren't going to be able to go because we thought it was going to be the same weekend as LeakyCon, but it is not. It is the weekend before. They are doing it on Christmas in July, July 25th, downtown Kent. We're going to do a meetup. Well, we're we're going to have a booth, so... um you know, you can come meet us at our booth and we'll have specific times where we'll all be there for you to meet. And I'm sure that we'll be doing a live podcast and all kinds of fun stuff. So we'll let you know details. And then my last weekly profit, I just wanted to remind everybody to donate to Kira on our Facebook page for his top surgery. Um, and a reminder, if you would purchase anything from our pride line all of the profits to that I am keeping track of what the total is and that total will be donated as soon as we hit like a milestone number um, we'll make a donation to that Facebook fundraiser for Kira so perfect mm -hmm. that's all I got that's it that's it that's it that's it just kidding. That's it. <laughs> Tip Katie. Hit me Katie. With the... <laughs> Hit me with the recap. Ba -ba -ba. That was beautiful. <laughs> it was a last second decision based on what you just said. <laughs> you know, I like to inspire people. You inspire me, Daisy. <clears throat> Let's see if I can do this recap without hacking out a lung. Okay. Harry, he was cleared. Woohoo! Cleared of all charges. Cleared of all charges. And he gets good and sassy with good old luscious Malfoy, who's clearly a Death Eater, and Fudge still wants to be buddy buddies with him. Alright. Everyone is stoked when Harry gets back to number 12, except maybe Sirius. Uh, the Hogwarts letters finally arrive, and Ron and Hermione are prefixed. And after a Hello. very long debate from us about Harry versus the Horcrux, we can now move on to the second half of this chapter. <laughs> but actually, uh, what you're talking about. I want to say something before we do the summary of the second half of the chapter. Everything we... she's going to say is 
false. <laughs> it's not false. No, because we had the discussion in the last episode about like what a good student was and how I admitted to not being a good student, but then I thought about it. I thought about it, and I was. I think I was a very good student. My grades might not have always reflected my best work, but I was great doing extracurricular things. I never like was a ridiculous student during class, like anything like that. I was a very good student. So I take all of what I said back. You stand your ground, Sarah. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lengthy you are. We had a lengthy discussion about it on uh, Sunday. I was like, no, I am a good student, so you know, whatever. Summary. <laughs> Tiffany disagrees with Sarah. What else is new? <laughs> I asked her. I was like, I, do you think the listeners think that we're, like, actually arguing? <laughs> Probably. Well, Probably. No, and I, like, I said, well, no. I'm like, but I do have to tell you, I was a good student. All right. So, they got to go back, go back, back to school. Ooh. But, you know, they also had to, like, put their things in their trunk so they could take all of their stuff with them. Um, Molly comes back with their school stuff and some party stuff. Woohoo! Guys, what comes before Part B? Part A! Part A. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Moody confirms that there is, in fact, a Bogart in the clo- or in the house. In the and closet. Oh, yeah, I spelled Bogart wrong. The Bogart. And Bogart. Humphrey Bogart's hiding in their uh, drawing room. <laughs> <laughs> Molly tells him that, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Uh, then, you know, there's some fun party time things happening. There's cool conversations. There's transactions happening. Holla. Old photo sharing. That's always fun. And, you know, normal party stuff. And then Harry stumbles upon Molly in the drawing room with the Bogart. And uh, things are working out so well because it makes me think of like Molly was in the drawing room with the bogart. With the candlestick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Things aren't working out so well. She isn't handling it well at all, to say the least. And then, you know, Moody, Lupin, and Sirius come and kind of save the day. Well, Lupin really does. Yeah. Yeah, Sirius adds some moral support. I just want you to call him Remus because he's worthy of using his first name at all times. He might be. I don't know if I'm worthy enough to call him Remus. (laughs) If I say Remus, it's going to be in a specific way. Remus! That's also how I want to say it. So, if you want to hear that every time, sure thing. Remus. This is Remus. Janus. I'll just just call him Sir. Janus. (laughs) gosh podcast is this i don't know you guys always drop friends references now we can be in on it too okay i just don't know how far i can push it not past season Uh, two episode one yep (laughs) i don't even know what that is correct they all blend in together okay so Ron gets back to the bedroom because he had just told Molly what he wanted as far as a broomstick goes. And she said that she would get him the clean sweep if she can. So I thought that was very kind of her. It was such a mom thing to do. You know what I mean? If I can. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) All that was left was the dirty sweep. Oh my god. 
You have to clean it yourself, Ron. Oh my goodness. Do you think that Wizarding World families have credit cards? <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's some kind of system in place with the yeah. bank. So they have some green Maybe they plaster. just wipe their wand. Maybe. I just think of like no, what do they call it? I've read the books, the Shopaholic series, and she always talks about, like, overdraft. That's kind of, like, what she uses. So it's, like, with her bank, and she, like, has so much she can, like, overdraft on her account. I wonder if that's what Gringotts does. Could be. You know they come after you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, back to this. <laughs> Harry, <laughs> Harry is relieved to hear that his voice was sounding normal again and it wasn't all like hearty and fake like before because he was trying to overcompensate for feeling guilty for those negative thoughts that he had about Ron getting prefect over him. And he honestly told him, well done. Like he really actually congratulated him for getting prefect and he was genuine about it. And the smile on Ron's face fades away and he tells Harry honestly back, that he never thought it would be him, and he thought it would be Harry, much like everybody else. And I said, I love this friendship moment so much, because it just, it shows you who they really are with one another. And Harry tells Ron that he's caused way too much trouble to be a prefect, and that's pretty much a good answer. I mean, (laughs) if he doesn't know the real reason, you know, that's, that's good. Harry does like to break a lot of rules. And I said, Hermione and Ron are always with them because we remember that line. Why is it always you three? <laughs> but Harry's Just make the influencer. Harry Just is make the him... influencer. He, He's always the reason. He is because otherwise, like, uh, even if you just think about Chamber, like, they wouldn't have known about the Basilisk and stuff if Harry wouldn't have heard it. Accurate. Well, that was not really his fault. Like, he can't help. No, he can't help that. Yeah. The other stuff, you know. Why keep why keep looking into it? <laughs> Let the adults <laughs> solve this. Uh, well, uh, we not that year. Series. We wouldn't have a book series. <laughs> so the boys begin to pack their trunks, and they find that during their stay at number 12, their personal items seem to have scattered themselves all over the place. And I said, Ron is so cute and awkward during this time with his new badge. It, like brings me a lot of joy. It says, quote, Ron kept moving his prefix badge around, first placing it on his bedside table, then putting it into his jeans pocket, then taking it out and laying it on his folded robes, as though to (laughs) see the effect of the red on the black. (laughs) Only when Fred and George dropped in and offered to attach it to his forehead with a permanent sticking charm did he wrap it tenderly in his maroon socks and lock it in his trunk. (laughs) Tenderly. I love it. I mean, like, how many opportunities does Ron have to feel this way? You know? I know. And Fred and George are giving him such a hard time. They're such brothers. Yeah. You gave him a hard time in the last episode, Tiffany. Yeah, for a different reason. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact. Wouldn't do it to his face. <laughs> oh, that's worse. <laughs> do it straight up behind your back. <laughs> but, like, I do that. Have you ever done it where, like, you get something that you've been, like, looking forward to, but, like, it really doesn't have, like a purpose like I don't know like a new pair of shoes and you have no like you're just wearing them around the house just to have them on your feet or like you just keep touching whatever you bought this is what I I do that I used to do that uh growing up when I would get like a new backpack for school in like (laughs) early summer and it's like yeah 
I want to use it, but I don't have a reason. Yeah. <clears throat> Pardon me. Or like a new purse, and you put all your stuff in it, and it's like three things, and you're like, cool, this is so great. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Um, but I do want to point out the fact that socks are mentioned right here, and we've talked about socks a lot, um, and how they have like that importance in the series. And maroon socks, friends. And I didn't get any bells for it. I don't have a bell by me. Thank you, Meg. Ding. Thank you. You also <laughs> missed number 12. You missed red. And you missed black. All right. I feel fine now. Okay. So around six. <laughs> <laughs> Molly returns from Diagon Alley with all the school items and a long, thin package wrapped in brown paper. <laughs> um, but, like, I feel bad because she went shopping by herself. Yeah. I think, but, do you think that they're maybe scared to take anybody into Diagon Alley? I think yeah. she wanted a moment alone. That I too. can feel that personally. Target yeah. runs by myself are pretty great as yeah. a parent. That's how I'm like, because think about it. She spent the entire summer with gobs of people. Yeah. Gobs. 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 I don't care for you. Like... Even without a kid, a Target trip by yourself is the bomb. Love you. But, you know. Going by myself sometimes. Sometimes is nice. it's also dangerous because it can be I don't dangerous. have someone to be like, "Don't buy that. Don't buy three pairs of earrings that you know you aren't gonna wear." Yeah, I do need yeah. Katie to rein me in some days. Oh, now you need me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always need you. I know. I'm just messing. You didn't two seconds ago. <laughs> I didn't yeah. say I didn't need her. I just said it was nice to be alone. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> So Ron takes the package from her and he has, quote, a moan of longing. And I could just hear him doing this. So he's like, oh, yes. <laughs> you think he gave a yes? Yeah. But I, I wanted to ask something right here. No. What item from your childhood would you like long for right now? Like, you mean, what is something that I remember, like, wanting as much as he wanted a broom? Like, what would you, yeah, but, like, what would, you, like, that you could bring back right now and just be a kid again? My OG Game Boy. Ooh. That was the bomb. Or my Sega. Playing Sonic. I love playing Sonic. Yeah, probably some game system. That's a good point. I played outside, so... I played my Game Boy outside. I played outside, yeah, just on my Game Boy. I think I would <laughs> I would bring back the time I had to play those games. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Accurate. Mm -hmm. You know what I really wanted as a kid? My mom wouldn't buy me. <laughs> Big League pink, pink cowboy boots. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, I saw them. I was, like, at Macy's or Dillard's or something, and I remember I'd seen them. Actually, it might have been Kaufman's back then. Oh, man. Um, and I remember seeing them when I was young, and all I wanted was pink cowboy boots, and I'm pretty sure I threw a fit, and I did not get them. <laughs> <laughs> now I kind of want to buy you pink cowboy boots. I wouldn't wear them now, but... Yeah, you would if I bought them. 
With your new pink bathing suit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of, like, what... I had as a kid. I don't know. I hung out with my friends a lot, like, outside doing... Not dumb things, but, like, dumb things. Like, taking ice out of, like, a frozen pond and putting it elsewhere. I don't know. We did weird... <laughs> we would make like weird soups, like out of like berries oh, you can't eat. I and totally, dirt. totally did that. My yeah. cousins and I used to beg my grandma to play grocery store in her house. Oh my God, which I just loved meant... playing grocery store. Well, we this is what we did. We would take <laughs> all, and she would get so mad at us. We had to ask permission, and sometimes she'd tell us no. But we would take all the canned goods out of her cabinet. And then we'd line them up in front of the fireplace, and that was us. Like, the whole game was consistent of us taking all of the canned goods out, because it took us a little bit of time to, like, carry all of them out, line them all up, and then put them back. (laughs) I used to play library as well, where we would pretend to scan the books, like, one by one. Like, we were taking them out. But actually, thinking about it now, if I... I think maybe my American Girl dolls would be my other... Would be... An option oh yeah, well. I love my American I Girl dolls. Loved American Girl dolls, and like my mom and I, yeah, my my mom loved playing American Girl with me as well. That's cute. My first doll was Molly. She was the bomb. I think I, I had Molly and Samantha, and then a Betty Beep. I didn't do those. Me I didn't play with dolls. Doll uh, boys. I played with like um, Ninja Turtle action figures and like animals but I think the thing that I would bring back is I was at a wrestling tournament and I had like my bag with me and you know there's a bunch of time in between matches and I had a lime green game boy color and it was stolen so I would want that dude yeah oh someone stole man it. that is no it was, fun it That's was the color it was pretty I had awful. I had the lime green lime one green. as well yeah. We were all mad. I almost had my bike, but I never. My my siblings had gaming things. I did not. I wasn't super interested in it. Sarah, do you remember when you bought a DS and you played it for like a day? <laughs> I didn't buy a DS. I got one. I still have it. <laughs> Tiffany bought me a racing game, and then I had to tell her that I already owned the game. <laughs> Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Molly told Ron not to unwrap it here because dinner would be ready soon. But of course, as soon as she left, Ron rips it open. Quote, Ron ripped off the paper in a frenzy and examined every inch of his new broom, an ecstatic expression on his face. So I'm really happy for him. That's awesome. He finally has something new. Yeah. Um, so like real life story, what on earth was Molly thinking that he was not going to open that right then and there? Right? I think she went into default mom mode. Like this is something, it was just like a natural, it was like, yeah. it was just like a natural reaction. Yeah. yeah. So in the basement, Molly planned a party instead of a sit down dinner for the celebration of Hermione and Ron on their wedding day. Oh wait, I mean, uh, happy prefect day. <laughs> So she hung a banner that said, congratulations, Ron and Hermione, new prefects. Do you think she knew that she would have to hang another one of those eventually, but it was just for their wedding? She probably just cut off the part that says new prefects (laughs) and hung the same congratulations, Ron and Hermione. She probably (laughs) could just magic it away. True. Yeah. I wonder when their wedding day is. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. 
Probably October seventh. It's a great. It's a good day. That's a good day. No, pretty terrible day in my book. Oh my gosh. So there's a an article on wizardingworld.com. You that don't is say an article. Hogwarts prefects ranked in order of usefulness. <laughs> Hogwarts prefects should be law-abiding. They should not try to buy fire whiskey in dodgy pubs. Seriously, it's a wonder some of these lot got that badge in the first place. Uh, so I assume it's ranked in mo- from most useful, most effective. Sorry. So it starts with Hermione, moves to Ernie, Macmillan. Sorry, We're Ernie Mac. Yeah. <laughs> moves then to Percy, then to Cedric. R.I.P. Poor one out. Put to Penelope Clearwater. They throw mm. in Luscious Malfoy. What? And Ron Weasley is ranked right after Luscious. So this is what they have to say. And I didn't. I. This is not bringing <laughs> any ill will. It's I just, just brought it. It's like you are making me laugh by saying that. Go on. We love you, Ron, but you were not a good prefect. <laughs> not this is not me. This is the article. Only not only was Ron too scared to give his brothers a talking to when they were breaking the rules, he also wanted to underage drink in Hogsmeade, threatened Seamus Finnegan with a detention when he was only speaking his mind. Seamus was being irritating, but still, and always forgot about his duties around the school. That is not Tiffany O'Malley. That is wizardingworld.com but I found this odd ish that um, Remus was ranked after Ron excuse me and that's probably literally just because he was not turning his friends in for being you know illegal and hey you know what though you know what they say (laughs) I wouldn't have turned him in stitches get stitches so it's probably because whoever wrote that article is dumb that's ridiculous. I'm it's probably mad. a Slytherin. I'm mad. You can be oh, right. Are you mad, Megan? Yeah. I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. A Slytherin Everyone. did not write this article. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad, Megan. A Gryffindor did. <laughs> what? Forget that. It them. wasn't a Hufflepuff. I mean, uh, what am I? A Ravenclaw? Oh, gosh. Remus so, should have been, like, above <laughs> Cedric. That's ridiculous. Okay. Well, this all right. Chill out. This is what they say. Hey, you need to calm down. You're being too loud. <laughs> oh my god. So it says Lupin might have been book smart and certainly the best behaved of his Hogwarts friends, but the fact that Professor Dumbledore thought that making him prefect would encourage him to exert control over James Potter and Sirius Black is frankly laughable. Instead, the group actually upped the ante on their mischief the year Lupin was made prefect. By learning how to become animagi, or animagi, however you... I feel you like that's not... I am not done reading, interrupter. That's not a bad thing. Maybe becoming un- unregistered is not so great-ish. Basically, they went from creating sarcastic maps for fun to sneaking out of the castle to partake in actual life-threatening activities by running around with Lupin on a full moon. That's how effective... Lupin was as a prefect. This person is slutty. Get out I of feel here. like they're using his um, werewolfiness to like say he wasn't a good prefect, and I feel like that is um, correct. Yeah. I don't they're like prejudiced it. against werewolves, and I'm not here for it. <laughs> That's some Bob shorts. 
And fast. realistically, Shorts. they all the students that went to school with Harry, all of them are putting their lives in danger for going to school with Harry Potter. Honestly, you guys that. chuck that article in the bin, Tiffany. All right, chuck I'm it not in the bin. That's so. rubbish. That's rubbish. <laughs> after after Lupin, y'all are nuttier than squirrel poo. <laughs> after you Lupin, would know, I would. Is Draco? Are you kidding? They put Remus just right above Draco. No, but listen. No, Vold- Voldemort is last. <laughs> Right no. underneath Because, well, you know, he was, like, murdering people. It's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the list. That Pre- list is... That cool. list is prejudice. Who, is, who wrote this? It doesn't say. Whoever well, like, wrote it is an evil person. I, they... I'm not... I'm not, like, you know, Draco's biggest fan or worst fan or anything. But it should be mentioned here that he did let Death Eaters into the school. Right, pretty terrible. Yeah, Yeah. accurate. Um, that was published on February seventh of two thousand eighteen. I'm sorry for everybody who was offended. Burn it. I'm Um, offended. (laughs) He says uh, Umbridge wrote it. Yeah, Dumbridge. Dumbridge. Super possible. Um, and then I pulled up on the wiki what the definition of a prefect is, just in case you forgot from last time. The answer is Remus Lupin. A prefect at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry is a student who's been given extra authority and responsibilities by the head of house and headmaster. One male and one female student are chosen from from each house in their fifth year to act as prefects. They would continue to be prefects in their sixth and seventh years until they leave school. But here's the thing. Like, I get that there's a bunch of prefects because there's like six years and seventh years, too. But can you imagine if a fifth-year prefect walked up to a seventh-year just student who wasn't a prefect and was like, do X, Y, Z, or like, you know, they'd probably be like, what are you talking about? Like, you're two years younger than me. I don't care about you. For sure. I can see that happening. Yeah, like, to me, that's like, eh. I would have been like, no. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, you can take points and do whatever. Like, you do actually have that, because the points do disappear, but like, Whatever. The points do matter. They do. They matter. So, there are approximately six prefects per house and 24 prefects in the whole school at one time. Then there's head boy and head girl. Did you just ring it for one? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that third bell? <laughs> um... So head boy and head girl may be chosen among this number and may not be replaced. So I want to point out that head boy and head girl, they do not have to be a prefect. I'm head boy. I'm just saying Remus should have been head boy. My gosh. You're going to have to get over it. It was James Potter. He's better than Remus. Oh Oh my gosh. No, he's not. James is a prat. Sometimes that's an attractive trait. <laughs> oh, oh man, I dropped my pony. All right. Anywho, Molly looks like she was in a good mood, and it she looked to be in the best mood that Harry had seen her all holiday. Fred is super over all of the gushing about Ron. He does deserve this happy recognition, though. Dare I say, Fred could be a wee bit jealous—not of the prefect status, but of the positive Molly attention. What do you think? 
I'd say yes. Yeah. A little. I mean, but I wonder too if it makes them feel like any type of way that like literally all of their older brothers have been prefects. Charlie was captain of the Quidditch team. And then like <clears throat> they just do the jokes and stuff. And they do play Quidditch, but like they don't have any of those accolades. You know what I mean? And Molly's, yeah. like, so against the whole joke shop thing, yeah. and, like, that is literally their pride and joy, and she's against it. They're just next-door neighbors, yeah. so why are For they now. upset? For now. Yeah, that's true. They're not, they're, they're just neighbors. They're not <laughs> actually kids of hers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it has him, you know, in his feelings. <laughs> Who are you tonight? I don't know, I'm really tired. I'm Okay. So attending the party was Sirius, Lupin, Tonks, Kingsley, Mad Eye, Bill, and Mr. Weasley. Molly then asked Moody if he is able to have a look in the desk in the drawing room and tell her what it might be inside. Quote Moody's electric blue eye swiveled upwards and stared fixedly through the ceiling of the kitchen. Drawing room, he growled. As the pupil contracted, desk in the corner. Yeah, I I see it. Yeah, it's a blackguard. (laughs) Want me to go up there and get rid of it, Molly? No, no, I'll do it myself later. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I see it. (laughs) (laughs) What did I say about the (laughs) loincloth? Loincloth. So completely out of control. Uh, I completely forgot that, like, Mood Eye. Nope. <laughs> Mood Eye. Was able to, like, see through ceilings and stuff. He can totally <laughs> see through people's clothes, and I'm not okay with that. Yeah, dude. I mean, see through hollow, but so it, I don't think I'm literally liking everything. Alright, well, let's move on. So. <laughs> Ron is the fourth prefect in the family. Um, and Moody... Skips a generation. What? It skips a generation. Yeah. It skips the twins. <laughs> uh, Moody congratulates Ron and says, Authority figures always attract trouble, but I suppose Dumbledore thinks you can withstand most major jinxes or he wouldn't have appointed you. So serious. <laughs> and Ron, like, doesn't know how to reply, but thankfully Mrs. Weasley and some other people show up and he kind of, like, gets out of having to respond to that and just kind of, like, slinks away. Um, and Mrs. Weasley is in such a good mood, she doesn't even care that Mundungus is there. And he's wearing a long overcoat that seemed oddly lumpy in unlikely places and declined the offer to remove it. Um, I thought you were going to say and he was wearing a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I hit Katie in the head. Um, and he declined the offer to remove it and put it with Moody's traveling cloak. Um, so everyone toasts Ron and Hermione and they're both just like beaming happily. I think Ron is really enjoying this moment. As I, he should. He should. He should. And Hermione, like, she expected it, but she's just, like, so happy. I think she's really happy to finally achieve something that her parents can understand. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I wonder if she wishes that they were there. Probably. Aww. But um, 
So Tonks then says that she was never a prefect because her head of house, who we know is Matt, uh, Professor Sprout. <laughs> Madame Sprout. <Plant> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mad Eye Sprout. Mood Eye. Mood Eye. You hear sprout. what I called her? No. Well, Plant Lady. <laughs> plant Lady. <laughs> what would the plants think? What the plants <laughs> love life, life lessons? Pops. Oh. <laughs> what would the plants think? <laughs> Um, 50 points. <laughs> 50 points from the pups. Um, anyway, so Sprout says that she lacked certain necessary qualities, and Ginny asks, like, what? And Tonks goes, well, like, behaving myself. No, no big deal. Um, I and I her. said, she sounds like a pretty good match for Remus. Just saying. But also Lily... I was well, gonna say if you, you can't know, have I mean, Lily, can't have Lily Tonks is next best. She's like second in line, you know. Oh my gosh, that's so sad for her. Well, it's not her fault. Lily died. Somebody's got to be first. Yeah, and it's not Tonks. So next, <laughs> Jenny asks Sirius. He's the one that has his baby. <laughs> Lily would have had his baby. What? Because no, she no. had James's baby. <laughs> <laughs> Canon. <laughs> Lily and Remus would have had so many cute kids, but anyway. Um, where was I? Okay, Ginny asked Sirius if he had been a prefect, and he laughed and says, nope. He spent way too much time in detention with James, but Remus got the badge. And I Remus- love that. Yeah. Sorry. Remus says, I think Dumbledore might have hoped that I would be able to exercise some control over my best friends. I need scarcely say that I failed dismally. Uh. Um, and then this made Harry feel better because he then realized that his dad was not a prefect either. And you know like- how much Harry loves being yeah. like his dad. So yeah. I like little moments like this where he gets to like glimpse Mm-hmm. And know, like, find out more. Yeah. Like, and I think that, like, <clears throat> um, Remus and, like, Sirius don't ever think to, like, let's have a conversation and talk about your parents. Mm-hmm. So, like, he gets little snippets. I don't think Harry's like, can we talk about my parents either? It'd right. be nice if one of them, like, would just, like, bring it up so he didn't have to, like, awkwardly ask or, you know, maybe. But that's he what I'm think- I don't think any of them think of it. I know. I know. And it's just, like, they tell should. stories, you know? He would love that. And yeah, he though. never really gets much chance, does he? Everybody be dying out there. So, yeah. I tell you, um, he did. So Ron was talking about his new broom to anybody who would listen. And he has the Comet, what is it, the Comet to... No, Clean Sweep. The Clean Sweep 7, that's right. Isn't it the Clean Sweep 11? No. Is it the 11? No, I thought it was the 7. That is so annoying. (laughs) (laughs) This is the end of Swish and Flick. So Ron says, not to 70 in 10 seconds. Not bad, is it? When you think the Comet 290 is only not to 60, and that's with a decent tailwind, according to Witch Broomstick. I want a subscription to the Witch Broomstick. I know. It's so fun. Um... So Hermione was then talking to Remus about elf rights, and I just want to say that I love this conversation because I feel like Remus would agree with Hermione's social justicing 
because he has to deal with it on a personal level with werewolves, with, like, you know, werewolf prejudice and all that kind of stuff. So I think if anybody was going to, like, actually relate to what Hermione is talking about, it would be Remus. Empathize. Yeah, empathize. Um, So she says, I mean, it's the same kind of nonsense as werewolf segregation, isn't it? It all stems from this horrible thing wizards have of thinking they're superior to other creatures. Preach! Which also you know, is in line with human beings in our world. So people think they're superior and they're not. Um, I am. (laughs) Well, we know that you're (laughs) as me because I'm a Slytherin and Slytherin trumps everything. So, Mm, okay. Um, Molly, (laughs) Molly was arguing with Bill again about his hair. And I say, Molly, get over it. He looks good with long hair, okay? Just leave it. He looks hot. Do you think Bill later on has a man bun? Yes, absolutely. And he that's, looks that's delightful canon, with Katie. it. That's canon. That is canon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, she even tries to get Harry in on it, but he doesn't fall for it. He's oh. just like, uh... <laughs> Why do moms do this? Hey, hey, you, random person standing as close to me as possible. What do you think? My don't mom, drag me into this. My mom does that to me with you all Why the time. Why are you doing that? Megan, I was going to say she did that to me. Do you remember when we were talking about that book? And I was like, yeah, I don't really like it. And she's like, yeah. And just, I was like, yeah. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah. And like, it was just a hilarious conversation. Yeah. My mom loves to do that. Uh, I love her. Yeah, no, it'll just be something random, and, like, me and her will be having a conversation, and we won't agree, and she'll be like, Katie, but you, you think this, don't you? Like, and Katie's don't like, me uh, this. sure, no, yes, I don't know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <sighs> Shout out to my mom, she the bomb. Um, <laughs> but now like we get her. to see some dealings going on with the twins and Dung, which I find to be hilarious, so I'm just gonna read from the book, because it's funny. Yes! Um, Mundungus stopped talking when he saw Harry, but Fred winked and beckoned Harry closer. It's okay, he told Mundungus. We can trust Harry. He's our financial backer. Look what what Dung's gotten us, said George, holding out his hand to Harry. It was full of what looked like shriveled black pods. A faint rattling noise was coming from them, even though they were completely stationary. Venomous tentacula seeds, said George. We need them for the skiving snack boxes, but they're a class C non-tradable substance, so we've been having a bit of trouble getting hold of them. Ten galleons the lot then, Dung, said Fred. With all the trouble, I went to get them, said uh-uh, Mundungus. Redo that, redo that, redo that. I did my best. No, you didn't. I know you didn't. I can feel it. Put more of a Do drunken, it. drunken drawl in there. With all the trouble, I went to get them. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> said Mundungus, his saggy bloodshot eyes stretching even wider. I'm sorry, lads, but I'm not taking a nut under 20. (laughs) I'm so happy. (laughs) Dung likes his little joke, Fred said to Harry. Yeah, his best one so far has been six sickles for a bag of narquils, said George. Be careful, Harry warned them quietly. What, said said Fred. Mom's busy cooing over Prefect Ron. We're okay. But Moody could have his eye on you, Harry pointed out. Mundungus looked nervously over his shor- over his shoulder. Good point, that. All right, lads, ten it is. <laughs> if you'll take him quick. <laughs> I love you. Uh, See, so. listen, I have confidence in you, Megan. I appreciate it. I'll just, it. I'll be your coach. Thank you. 
You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Harry kind of like in his mind begins worrying about what financially backing the twins business like means. And is it going to cause a row? And he, like, it's funny, because it's, like, so, it's just anxiety. It's, like, going through his head, and he has this, like, whole scenario in his head, like, oh, my God, what if there's a row between the family, and then there's another Percy, like, estrangement, and it's all my fault, and Molly yeah. finds out that it's my, you know, that it's my fault, but it's all fine, Harry. Poor Harry. You're just trying to do mm-hmm. something nice. Yeah. It's yellow. It's yellow. Hopefully I don't cough. Okay. Yellow. So then Harry's left standing there all by himself with nothing but this guilty weight in the pit of his stomach. This poor kid has a lot going on for the first nine chapters of this book. Yeah, Um, really. (laughs) But he kind of gets pulled out of it because he hears his name in another conversation. So even like it's super loud in there, they're having this party, but you can hear Kingsley over all that. So you'd think that maybe he would like know that, keep his voice down, being an or. But that's okay. Then we wouldn't have this part of the story. <clears throat> so he says, uh, Harry catches, why Dumbledore didn't make Potter a prefect, said Kingsley. He'll have had his reasons, replied Lupin. But it would have shown confidence in him. It's what I'd have done, persisted Kingsley, specifically with, especially with the Daily Prophet having a go at him every few days. I like this about him. Kingsley? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that he wants to stick up for Harry because I do agree with that. Like, Harry's got a lot of crud going on. I kind of mm-hmm. feel like Ramus probably agrees with him, too, but he's just like, well, you know, Dumbledore obviously has to have his reasons, so. Dumb- or Dumbledore. Ramus is very much, like, um, a follower. He's kind of like Hagrid in the way, like, Harry just trusts Dumbledore. Like, whatever Trust he says, yeah. it's gonna go. Right. <clears throat> he's very much like that. Um, so Harry makes sure not... Yes, sir. Well, I'm just thinking, like, yeah, people are always thinking, like, well, Harry... Like either Dumbledore had his reasons for Harry not being it or doing something else with Harry, but he also had his reasons for Ron being it. For That's sure. a good point. I think, they, I think I think people just overlook that. Yeah, for sure. More so than, like, they're immediately going to be like, why didn't Harry get it? When, like, they should be like, huh, like, there must be a reason why Ron got it. That's a good point. Just got to stick up for my man. I mean, I think that Ron should, <laughs> I think that Ron should have gotten it. I think that it's, you know, deserved, but I can also see people, like, I can see Kingsley's point, how he's like, you know, it would have been a good thing yeah. for Harry just because, like, he has all this negativity being thrown on him right now from the ministry to have a little bit of, like, a confidence boost would do him well. But being a prefect Dumbled- isn't about Dumbledore a confidence boost. Oh, I think you could say the same, though, for Ron, but, like, where he might not ha- be having all of these people, like, say things about him, but y- he's the type of person that, like, thinks things himself. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's oh, not yeah. as good as all of his other brothers. He's not, like, cool like Ginny, whatever else. He puts you know, himself he's down friend- a lot. Yeah. So, like, I think, yeah, it could have boosted Harry's confidence where all of these people are saying things about him, but he's also not the type of person to, like, kind of take all of that to heart. I think he might a little bit, but he's also used to, like, Harry's Harry, you know what I mean? But Ron is very much, like, a self-deprecating person and doesn't think he deserve is deserving of some of the things he, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not kind of, he doesn't have his own confidence. Yeah. Well, I think- Dumbledore even said in the end of five that he didn't make him a prefect because he thought it would be, like, too much for Harry. Yeah. So, like, another thing that he has to do, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think, too, though, that, like, Kingsley's saying these things about Harry because he has more knowledge of Harry than Ron. Like, Agreed. That's Agreed. that's the only reason why he's not questioning wrong. it. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. he doesn't understand why Ron would get it, but he's not going to because he doesn't know Ron. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fair point that not Harry shouldn't get everything. You know what I mean? Agreed. Yeah. He um, didn't get Hermione. What? Oh, uh, I don't think he wanted Hermione, and nobody owns her. <laughs> oh goodness! She's so person. Harry's careful not to look over that way because he doesn't want anyone to know that he was, you know, eavesdropping. So he <laughs> follows behind Mundungus to the table um, to get more food, even though now he's like not hungry at all. So, um, quote: His pleasure in the party had evaporated as quickly as as it had come. He wished he were upstairs in bed. Makes me so sad. Guys. Are you okay? Yeah, I just can't talk. That's all. <clears throat> so I like this next part and kind of like the whole thing of this chapter. Like some of it was in Meg's part. Like we get, we're in, obviously we see the story from Harry's point of view, but we get all these blips from like all over the chapter. Um, so right here we get like Mad-Eye or Mood-Eye. I like that better. He's sniff- <laughs> He's like sniffing a chicken leg with what remained of his nose. And then he takes this big bite of it once he's like decides it's not poisoned. And then there's Ron still talking to Tonks about his room, about, about his broom, and talking about how like the handle Spanish oak and there's an anti-jinx varnish. And he's just all excited about it. Um, so Mrs. Weasley announces that she is going to <laughs> sort out the bogger before she heads to bed, and she heads out. And Harry's wondering if he can just kind of slip with her. And not be noticed by anybody, which I feel really bad for Harry. Like, they're yeah. partying at number 12. That's yeah. not going to happen very often. It's kind of surprising to me that, like, Sirius isn't, like, clinging to him. Well, Sirius has kind of, like, mo- been moody a he's little in, bit, right? He's in, he's in serious mode right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just weird that, like, out of all these people that are there, like, nobody is, like, clinging to Harry to, like, have a conversation with him, you know? Like, whether it's... Lupin and Kingsley, or Sirius, or even like Mr. Weasley, or something, you know? It's just kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, but like sometimes if you're not used to all of those people, or even if you are, you just need to like leave. Yeah. <laughs> and have your own time away and let them still like have their thing, and you go lay in your room quietly and pretending you don't exist, you know? Oh my god. There are many a times where I would like to do that when we're at a function. <laughs> so. Sometimes. So I'm just gonna sneak out of here and hide. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't help it. Yeah. Um. So before Harry can even try to sneak away, Moody calls him out and he asks him if he's alright. Harry just lies, as Harry does when people ask him about his feelings. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. Um, But Moody's like, well, come here, I have something to show you. So he pulls out this really old, tattered wizarding photo from his pocket, and it's the original Order of the Phoenix. Um, He's like, yeah, I found it last night when I was looking for my spare invisibility cloak. Like, how many of these do you have? (laughs) Like, clearly we know you don't have, like... 23. The hollow, yeah, I bet he does. Well, they don't go, uh, or they do, they can go bad. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know what they say about the d- bad um, invisibility cloaks? They're all from Slytherins. Oh my <laughs> god! Are you real life? <laughs> I 
can barely see you. <laughs> that makes it even better. Like, she looks all stealth. <laughs> My head hurts right now. Like, really bad. Oh, I'm sorry. And it's what it is. Um, so, Moody starts pointing out everyone in the picture, and I just wanted to read it from the chapter because Moody can do it better justice than I can. Are you gonna read it like Moody? No. I'll probably yes. end up I'll probably end up hacking. <laughs> That's true. I'll let it go this time. Thank you. you. I appreciate it. So Harry took the photograph, a small crowd of people, some waving him, others lifting their glasses, looked back up at him. There's me, said Moody, unnecessarily pointing at himself. The Moody in the picture was unmistakable, though his hair was slightly less gray and his nose was intact. And there's Dumbledore besides me beside me, Daedalus Diggle on the other side. That's Marlene McKinnon. She was killed two weeks after this was taken. They got her whole family. That's Frank and Alice oh. Longbottom. I know. Harry's stomach, already uncomfortable, clenched as he looked at Alice Longbottom. He knew her round, friendly face very well, even though he had never met her because she was the image of her son, Neville. Poor mm -hmm. devils, growled Moody. Better dead than what happened to them. And that's Emmeline Vance. You've met her. And that's there, that there's Lupin, obviously. And this is where Harry swoons because Remus looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> if you let me know if you swoon, I'll catch you. <laughs> Benji Fenwick, he copped it too. We only ever found bits of him. Ugh. Oh, I hate that. It's just, I know that he's been through a lot, but like he says that in such. I know. I mean, it's he... not not an easy way, but easier than than like someone who doesn't have his job. You know what I mean? Like, and it makes me so sad that he he's desensitized. He, he does that, yeah. yeah. It, like, I I just want to give him a hug. I know. Like mm -hmm. he's seen some horrible stuff and experienced some horrible stuff even within the last year. It's crazy. Um, that's Edgar Bones, brother of a million bones. They got him and his family, too. He was a great wizard. Sturgis Podmore. Blimey, he looks young. Caradoc Dearborn vanished six months after this. We never found his body. Hagrid, of course, looks exactly the same as ever. Elpheus Dodge. Ooh. You've met him. I'd forgotten he used to wear that stupid hat. Gideon Pruitt. It took five Death Eaters to kill him and his brother Fabian. They fought like heroes. Mm. And that's Dumbledore's brother, Aberforth. Only time I ever met him. Strange bloke. That's Dorcas Meadows. Voldemort killed her personally. Serious when he still had short hair. And there you go. Thought that would interest you. So, first of all, before I move on, it's just really sad that, like, I'd say 85% of everyone that he just mentioned is no longer around. Yeah. 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 And it, it's like, I, I don't know. It's just really sad. Um... So, Harry's heart turns over, because he sees his mom and dad staring up at him, and who are they on, they're on, hold on, who are they on either side of? It's Wormtail, which, that just, like, makes my blood boil. I, like, I just, I can't stand him. I know. Um, so, Moody's under this impression that he's giving Harry a treat, like, <laughs> like, hey, this is cool, like, check it out, it's the old gang, like, that's your mom and dad. Um, but Harry, like, quickly is just like, yeah, uh, I, I got, I forgot I have to pack something, and he gets away really fast. So he's kind of like, yes, Tiffany. Um, do you think that had Harry not been in such a fragile state, he may have not been so emotional about this picture? Like, he would have been emotional about it, but do you, I think he's just so broken at the moment 
Yeah. That's a good that's a good question. He may have I don't know, it may not have it would have hurt, but maybe not to this extent. I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's the horcrux. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, <laughs> tell me. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm waiting. Is it the horcrux? Oh. <laughs> Voldemort feels like he couldn't get all of the people in this picture and it is hurting him. <laughs> so it's hurting Harry. It's the Horcrux. <laughs> get ready, because oh next time I see you, it's going to be WWE SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> if that's a thing. Is that a thing? Yeah, it is. There's it some is. type of SmackDown. Um, What's that move that everybody did in the '90s? That I wrestling. Almost, I almost said seismic toss, but that's totally Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, a champ? <laughs> no, I'm Charizard, man. Seismic toss and that magmar into the volcano. What's that one where you like tap your elbow and then you like go down? What's that one called? Remember. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, where's Russell? No. him? I know. Oh, jeez. Oh, I just know Judo Chop. Okay. That was great. Awesome <laughs> powers. Come on. Um. Okay. So, back to sad. So, Harry's <laughs> kind of, like, reflecting on this while he's alone. He doesn't really know why this has given him such a shock. Like, he's seen his parents in pictures before. He literally has met Wormtail before. Um, but it's really just, like, having it sprung on him like that, and he thinks angrily, he's like, no one would like that. Um, so, and to see them, and this kind of hit me, too, like, and I kind of just mentioned that, like, to see them surrounded by all these happy faces, and then so many of those people had died, um, and then, quote from the book, all waving happily out of the photograph forevermore, not knowing that they were doomed. Well, Moody might find that interesting, but he, Harry, found it disturbing. Yeah. I mean, it kind of is. It is. It's oh, for sure. It. I mean, while it's nice to like reminisce, that moment in time is like, it's kind of. I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's like almost just naive, I guess, in a way. I don't think that that's the word I'm looking for, but like to just like have all of them be in that photo, looking like happy and probably like determined like hey look we're gonna do this and like it's gonna work we're taking them down and like barely any of them make it out yeah i think he's like i said before he's like hardened you know he doesn't he's not he's not thinking of how harry would feel about it he's thinking about how he would feel about it probably yeah which is what people do which is what everybody does i mean you can relate this to real-time life like a lot of the way that you interact with other people is the way that you and you would want or you would be okay with someone interacting with you most of the time, I would say. Um, that's not true for everything. Uh, so it's back to like the love languages thing. Like you love people in the way that you want to receive love. You talk to people in the way that you might want people to talk to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I kind of wish that um, doing like a little book to movie comparison here, I kind mm-hmm. of wish that they had kept this, yeah, like, this way. I was just yeah. gonna say something about that. just because like in yeah. the movie it is more of a reminiscing thing, and Sirius brings up this photo and like 
it's not like it's sad, but it's also like Harry does think that it's cool, and he kind of, um, it's kind of like Harry does like appreciate it. He's like, oh, you know, like wow, look, and like he gets to keep it. I just, I don't know. Like I, I kind of wish that we would have seen this reaction out of Harry. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. to to understand him more in this time, like we said, like he's fragile at the moment. Yeah. Also in this in this part in the movie, you're not suddenly naked because you transformed <laughs> into your animagus form. Yeah. So what slash what? you don't randomly what? get a robe. What? For a robe. What? Yeah. What's in the movie at this time? Sirius is like escorts oh, yeah, him, yeah. which is a big no no. That doesn't happen. And then they go into this extra room and he transforms back and he's like adjusting this random like dog fur robe because <laughs> apparently you get stark naked when you transform into an animagus form. I mean, I feel like in Sirius's defense, he probably would just want to be stark naked. That's true. Probably. But I mean, Sorcerer's Stone. When McGonagall transformed from a cat, she wasn't naked in front of Dumbledore. You know what I'm saying? Or in like, front of the whole classroom. It. Right? <laughs> yeah. that, Ron, that was bloody brilliant. She's naked. <laughs> Sitting on her desk like a cat. <laughs> um, I will say about the picture. Oh. Like, you should take pictures more often than, like, you hear about this, where, like, they were in that photo like determined and you know they were gonna do whatever they could to help win the war and by the end of like all of all of it said and done 10 plus years later the good side did win a lot a lot of people were lost but like it makes me think of like star wars with um Mm. you just need like that little flame Mm. of hope so it can spread Mm -hmm. i like that a lot that's so true like, shout out to Regine. She inspired me and Meg to go get some fall photos taken. And, like, I think a lot of people just reserve that. And for, Kelly. And Kelly, I'm sorry. Just reserve that for, like, I don't know. Kids. Or just, it's just like, special occasions. Even if you don't have kids, go get photos taken of yourself as a family. It's so fun. You should have them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I even, like, try to take pictures of Tiffany and her child. Because, like, not yeah. a lot of people think to do that. But, like... They're cute together. Start trying to snap. Or even, like, you know, other pictures of, like, my friends and stuff. And, like, when we're all hanging out. Um, Because I want to remember those memories. It's crazy that, like, now I have this thing in my pocket that can just, like, take a picture at literally any time. And sometimes I'll be, like, done doing some event or something that me and Meg went to or, like, whatever. And I'll be like, oh, my God, like, I didn't take any pictures. And on one side of the coin, it's like, well, I was in the moment. I was enjoying it. And then on the other side, it's like. But I do want to have some pictures, so, like, I yeah. need to find a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back yeah. to this this thing we call Harry Potter. Mm. So, let's reflect a little bit on the original Order of the Phoenix. So, uh, as we know, it's a group that was formed by Dumbledore, um, but originally it was formed back in the 70s to fight Voldemort when the Ministry's efforts were ineffectual. Hmm, that sounds really familiar. Um, And then obviously it was revived in 95 when Voldemort began to regain power again. So during Voldemort's first rise to power in the 70s, Dumbledore gathered all all these people together to fight him. Um, They called himself the Order of the Phoenix. Uh, Members represented a wide variety of witches and wizards, all the way from wizards to squibs, which I think is super awesome. It's just like anybody that has a cause, wants to fight, like you're in. 
Um, the diversity is a true mark of the organization and very much a key philosophy of Dumbledore, standing in direct contrast to the philosophy of exclusiveness found in those like the Malfoys, the Blacks, and by Voldemort himself. Do you know what I just realized? About the order. (laughs) I wish. About the order of the Phoenix. It's like Phoenixes are reborn from their ashes. The order was there and kind of died out and then was reborn again in 95. Tiffany, I'm trying to like really be. You did not listen because Sarah's disgusting. (laughs) That was so awesome. (laughs) That was so awesome. And Sarah's over there being reborn from ashes. (laughs) (laughs) But that is super true, Tiffany. So cool on you, broski. I'm over you. You just took my moment. (laughs) I'm just so tired. I'm telling you what. I'm going to jump off the ropes. <laughs> Body slam. <laughs> I literally was like, what pancake you about? It's happening. Seismic toss. Do you smell what Tiffany's cooking? Oh my god. Hey, who is that? <laughs> Doesn't matter who that is. Oh my god. Alright, so let's reflect on the first Wizarding War. So it goes back as early, it has foundations as early as the 40s, but it officially began in 1970, and then it ended in 1981, of course, by Little Baby Potter. Um, It marked the original, like, reign of Lord Voldemort. Um, So I pulled a quote from Sirius that just really described the first war. Um, So he said, Imagine that Voldemort's powerful now. You don't know who his supporters are. You don't know who's working for him and who isn't. You know he can control people so that they can do terrible things without being able to stop themselves. You're scared for yourself and your family and your friends. Every week, news comes out of more deaths, more disappearances, more torturing. The Ministry of Magic's in disarray. They don't know what to do. They're trying to keep everything hidden from the muggles, but meanwhile, muggles are dying too. Terror everywhere, panic, confusion. That's how it used to be. Mm. Sad... Sad stuff. Scary. Great to Sarah. Just kidding. Yeah, that is scary. I see skies are blue. (laughs) Clouds white. (laughs) I love Louie, though. Let's be serious. Panic at the ministry. Oh, my God. It's not at the disco? No. Did you guys see the thing um, from like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And it was all those different names. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, it was hilarious. No. All right. Any hoosies? Um, part. Well, most of my notes are written on a piece of paper, so it's going to be fun trying to read them. Um, so anyway, so Harry continues to go upstairs. He passes the elf heads, and he's grateful for some alone time. And then he hears someone crying in the drawing room. Maybe they didn't like the picture they drew. Oh my um, God. So he walks the rest of the way into the room to see who's crying. Um, and then I'm going to read from the chapter. And then it says, Someone was covering, nope, cowering against the dark wall, her wand in her hand, her whole body shaking with sobs. 
sprawled on the dusty old carpet. You'd think it wouldn't be dusty because they've been cleaning for several days. Um, and a patch of moonlight, clearly dead, was Ron. All the air, air seemed to vanish from Harry's lungs. He felt as though he was falling through the floor. His brain turned icy cold. Ron dead? No, it can't. Couldn't be. But who? But wait a moment. It couldn't be, Ron. He was downstairs. And it says, talk about traumatic for everyone in that room. Realistically. Molly, obviously cowering in a corner crying because her child is dead in front of her. And then Harry walks in and sees his best friend dead. That's something that's going to stick with him. I feel like. Um, so Molly then tries to use uh, the ridiculous spell um, to get rid of the Bogart. And I want to talk about that for a second since we're here. Um, and we've talked about this before because we've seen Bogarts before. And the Wikia calls it the Bogart Banishing Spell. Ooh. And I believe that this is the question we technically got wrong on um, the quiz we did on the cruise, Tiffany. Okay. Because it was like, you have to use the spell and laugh at it. But Remus isn't laughing about so many pages and gets yeah. rid of it. But whatever. Um, so my biz. <laughs> Ridiculous, this class is ridiculous, <laughs> is a charm that is used to defeat a bogart. It causes the creature to assume a form that is humorous to the caster, along with a whip-crack noise, thereby taking away the bogart's ability to terrorize. Um, it says bogarts are defeated by laughter, so forcing them to assume an amusing form is the first step to defeating them. However, because bogarts are immortal... This spell does not truly destroy them, similar to the Patronus charm, but merely banish them, meaning the defeated Bogart vanish and presume, presumably rematerialize elsewhere. Um, so that's cool. Meg, Meg, what Where did you... they go? Where did they go? Poof. What is the what is that place the called? Thing? No, no, no. What is the place called in the Halloween Town movies? When, like, you lose something, and then it goes to, like, that that guy's house. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> it goes to that guy's house. It does. He has, like, all of that guy's house. He has all of, like, the other pairs, like, other socks. They're not pairs of socks, but, like, he's got... The heck does he socks. do with one pair of socks? Um, that made but no the, sense. One the pair Wikia. of socks? Cottage? The Wikia page says the oh, hand motion kind of yeah. looks like a pot. Like, a line, you twirl under, and a line is allegedly... Gort's Cottage. I just said that. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> so, what were you going to say, Katie? Um, I remember Meg telling me when she read this part in Order of the Phoenix, she threw her book against the wall and didn't read it for a while. If she thought Ron was actually dead. I did. <laughs> I vividly remember reading that line. And I literally, it was just that one sentence. And I was like, nope, I'm out. And I literally took the book and I threw it across the bedroom. And I was so angry. I didn't pick it up for like days. What oh made you pick gosh. it back up? Curiosity. I was you like, the you pick it up and literally five lines later, it's like, not, it's clearly like not what happened. <laughs> it's like, now it's Bill. <laughs> and 
and then I was like, oh, Bill, that's okay, whatever. Oh, <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. So, Molly then tries to use the ridiculous spell or charm to get rid of it, um, but through her tears, she's not able to do it correctly, and then I said also effectively, and then the Bogart turns into a dead Bill, um, and then she's crying even harder, so she tries again using the same spell, and now it's Mr. Weasley. His glasses are askew, and there's blood running down his face. Mm. Do you think that, like, so, okay, right That's... here, Mr. Weasley's dead lying on the carpet. Blood is flowing down his face. Do you think it would stay in the carpet? Or when he turns no. into someone else, would it go with him? Magic. I think it would go with him. But that's a really yeah. good thought. Go with him. Um, then, and I said, hmm, I'm like, I wonder if this is what he kind of looks like, though, like, a couple of uh, months later when he gets attacked. Things that run through oh. my head. Is he the only so, one that has blood on his face? She's the only one that it's mentioned. Mm, that's interesting. All right. Let me go to the Kindle. I also would like to point out that you don't see a dead Ginny or a dead Charlie. Did she but have a dead did, Harry? Did it have I time was, to get to that, though? But, like, I wonder if, like, because she'd been up. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because do you but, think those things, I think those things would have come, you know? Right? I'm not saying yes. they would, but it's interesting that Harry is dead before those two. Ron's oh, the first one. what are you saying, ma'am? Maybe Harry's just at the forefront of her mind because she's very concerned about him right now. <laughs> That's such a Hufflepuff thing to say. <laughs> You're welcome. That's why I'm here. I feel oh, like we probably just missed those two, and they were probably first but, like, or something. How long? She wasn't up there that long before Harry got up there, was she? I don't know. <laughs> that bugger was like, crack, 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 crack. Okay. Well, no, but it seems to only change when she says ridiculous. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. right. You're right. You're right. So she Wait. does the spell three more times, and it transforms into dead twins, being Fred and George, not some random twins on the street that she doesn't know. <laughs> um, dead Percy, and then dead Harry. Hmm. Are you gonna say something, Tiffany? Uh, it's funny that you read my face. So I just. I jumped to chapter 21, the eye of the snake. And as far as Arthur goes, it says the man was yelling in pain. Then he fell silent. He slumped backward against the wall. Blood was splattering onto the floor. Uh, Get ready for that. Shadow that he's going to have blood. 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 Steph says Joe just didn't want to go through eight names. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I mean, she genuinely doesn't even put friend George. She just says the twins. <laughs> She's like so overtyping at this point. She's like, ah. But really, though. I mean, this is the um, longest book. Mm. And I said, this just proves really how much Molly sees Harry as one of her own children. Yeah. Apparently, more so than Ginny and uh, <laughs> Charlie. Although that does kind of remind me of like my my mom's mom. Probably not. Not that she didn't see my dad as like her kid, but like. We always joke that um, she would take him be- him in before my mom. <laughs> if anything ever happened, like if they were leaving each other. My mom, my mom uh, said the same thing about like my dad and her parents. Like they just loved him so much. Well, like one of the biggest reasons, like my mom loves, obviously, like she loves my dad, and he's funny or whatever. But like he cooks for her, and that's exactly why my grandma would be like, "No, you can live with me," because mm-hmm. he cooked for her every day. 
Um, so then Harry kind of jumps into action, seeing himself dead on the floor. So he shouts for her to get out of the room. Um, and that's when Lupin runs in to see what's the matter with the clad around the roof. Just kidding. Um, so he runs in. And then Sirius and Moody, or Moody, are following. Um, and then Lupin quickly realizes what's happening. And he, um, says ridiculous very clearly. Uh, and, but Harry's body goes away. My body's gone! <laughs> I wish I wish our listeners could see your hair right now. I don't even know what it looks like. Put your head down a little bit. Look at that. <laughs> no, I think that's my bang area. <laughs> my bangs, my fringe. Um, so he so his body goes away, and then there's a silvery orb uh, that is left, and then Lupin vanishes it with the wave of his wand, but like. It it feels like is it the moon? But he ridiculoused it first, and then it became that, and then he vanished it. Yeah. Did it have to go to him to get rid of it? What do you mean by that? So he said ridiculous, right? And then it changed into the moon. So it was like his but, but now. Was it the moon though? But like. Yeah, his is the moon. But ridiculous is like you you turning it into something funny. Molly wasn't doing it correct, like effectively. Oh, so do you think it? Do so you think upset? Do you think it's the? What do you think it is? I don't know. That's what like made me think because it says a silvery orb hung in the air over is the spot the where it had landed. Lupin waved That's his funny. wand once more and the orb vanished in a puff of smoke. No, like, what I'm saying is, like, if he's doing the ridiculous spell, like... Why didn't it turn into something funny? Yeah, like, I wouldn't expect it to be, like, the moon or anything if he already did the spell. Maybe because it was focused on Molly, it had to focus yeah. back on him. That was my original thought. That's the only yeah. thing I could think of. Yeah. Like, it had to turn... It was, like her bogger and now it's his bogger. I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I get I get that. I would think though that like it would turn that before he said ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, like if you think about you yeah. get what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what if okay maybe so it they still was eyes? just focused until he talked yeah. or something. Maybe it wasn't like looking at Remus yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well like because... he talked Harry talked and it didn't turn into anything for him. Well, maybe it was just, like, so focused on Molly because it was, like, getting what it wanted, you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it would could sap a lot more out of Molly because she Cause you have to think... was already distraught. When they when they practice in um, Defense Against the Dark Arts, there's all those other people in the room, too, and it's just focused on one. Yeah, but it doesn't, like, so, like, if you think about it, like, they, they step up, it changes into their worst fear, they mutter ridiculous, and then it's something funny. Like, yeah. even with Lupin coming in, Lupin steps in front of Harry, it turns into the moon, he says it, and then it's like a balloon flying away. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I'm thinking, like, he's already muttered ridiculous. It shouldn't turn into his worst fear. I don't in know. my opinion. Yeah, it seems a little backwards. Mm. Joe. But it didn't bother me. <laughs> my boy's so powerful, he just has, says it one time, and then he's like, yo, poof. And it vanishes. Yeah, that's accurate, actually. Remus is just, like, so perfect. He's so Bob's apron. 
Yeah. I don't Bogart was like, Bob Abram. I ain't messing with this. Vanish. Ah. Yeah, the Bogart's like, whoa. I'm not dealing with him. Whoa, um, we got whoa. a hot shot over here. Whoa. Hot There's shot. Article. <laughs> There's an article from the Wizarding World about the Bogarts. And it says, a Bogart is a shape-shifting creature that will assume the form of whatever most frightens the person who encounters it. Nobody knows, which is a lie, what a Bogart looks like if nobody is there to see it, <laughs> although it continues to exist, usually giving evidence of its presence by rattling, shaking, or scratching. They rattle, shake, and roll. Um, shake, the object rattle, which roll. Is hiding. Bogarts particularly like confined spaces, but might also be found lurking in woods and around shadowy corners. Um, going back to not being able to see, obviously, Mad-Eye Moody knows what it looks like because he's seen it. Um, and it says the more generally fearful a person is, the more susceptible they will be to bogarts. Muggles too, they feel their presence and may even glimpse them, although they seem less capable of seeing them plainly and are usually easily convinced that the bogart was a figment of their imagination. Like a polter poltergeist, <laughs> a bogart is not and never has been truly alive. Me either. <laughs> it is one of the strangest non-beings that populate the magical world. For which there is no equivalent in the magical realm, except it says Muggle realm. Oh my gosh. Bogarts can be made to disappear, but more Bogarts will inevitably arise to take their place. Like Poltergeist and the more sinister Dementors, they seem to be generated and sustained sustained by human emotions. The spell that defeats a Bogart can be tricky because it involves making the creature into a figure of fun so that fear can be dispelled in amusement. If the caster is able to laugh aloud at the Bogart, it will disappear at once. The incantation is ridiculous, and the intention is to force the Bogart to assume a less threatening and more and hopefully comical form. Um, and then it says, a famous Bogarts include the old Boggle of Canterbury, believed by local muggles to be the, a mad cannibalistic hermit that lived in a cave. Jeez. In reality, a particularly small Bogart that had learned how to make the most of echoes. Then there was the bludgeoning Bogart of old London town, a Bogart that had taken on the form of a murderous thug that prowled the back streets of the 19th century London but <gasps> which could be reduced to a hamster with one simple incantation. And Jack the, the screaming Ripper? That's what I'm thinking. And the screaming bogey of Stratley, a Scottish bogart that had fed on the fears of local of the local muggles to the point that it had become an elephantine black shadow with glowing white eyes, but with which um Lyle Lupin of the Ministry of Magic eventually trapped into a matchbox. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Look at Lu- look at Lupin. Saving everybody. Come on. Megan. Um, I really like what Pasha said in the Discord chat. She said Bogarts are like anxiety, much like how dementors represent depression. You have anxiety mm. over what causes you anxiety in the first place. That's how I've looked at it. Not sure what mine would necessarily be, but I know how it would make me feel. Not good. So excellent observation. I really like that because, you know, it's already been like confirmed that Joe correlates dementors to depression. So why wouldn't she correlate a different type of mental health problem with a different creature, you know? So anxiety to Bogarts is dementors to depression. I like that. 
Because really, like, if you think, well, I, I shouldn't say that in that regard. <laughs> For me, and with my anxiety, it's like the fear of, like, I don't know what's going to happen, and, you know, I don't have control over this situation, and the fear of, like, what might happen, or what might be, or what I don't know. So that I totally see that and get it. Yeah. I like she added as well, when studying mindfulness, they help teach you to separate yourself from anxiety in order to have a healthier relationship. Mm-hmm. You can't get rid of it. That's why I see mm-hmm. the fix for a bog art or anxiety is to distance yourself from it first, then find ways to better cope. Yeah. Yeah, I like that a lot. It fits very well. So, Sarah, as far as that um, Wizarding World article goes, like when I... Um, thought it sounded like Jack the Ripper did you happen to look up any of the other things to see if they were like real time life Tiffany correlations? Okay. as a matter of fact I did not because <laughs> I wonder if there are other like things like with like the only thing I know about Canterbury are like the Canterbury Tales you know what I yeah. mean yeah. Um, but I wonder if there's there's anything else because that one from London Town sounds definitely like Jack the Ripper. Do any of our UK listeners know the answer to this? Yeah. So Are there there's... any tales in your city that fit these bogarts? Yeah. There's a Scottish one. So, do yeah. you want me to go back to talking about the chapter? That'd be great. Maybe. So then Lupin goes to comfort a sobbing Molly. Um, and she kind of clings to him and she cries on his shoulder. Oh, what a nice guy. And it says, Sirius is still looking at the spot where Harry's dead body was. And I said, do you think he was kind of having a flashback? Because, like, let's be honest, if you really think about it, like, he saw his best friend's dead. Like, he found those bodies. Sorry to get, like, really rough and it's probably a little bit of a trigger warning. But, like, he he was, like, the first person, Right? It yeah. got hollow. Yeah. So like he found them, and so yeah. then he he walks in and he sees Harry's dead body, and then like say his I don't know they don't describe how he looked, but um, if his eyes were closed like that's James, right? Um, and even if it's like even not for him like that's someone like you know that's just super triggering Pete someone else said PTSD um on our chat which I a thousand percent agree with mm-hmm. um cause shoot man shoot breaks my heart yeah. how serious felt about seeing Harry is how I felt when I read Ron was dead Sirius <laughs> <laughs> is having a moment which he needed he needs a moment we all need a moment um, and then Moody was staring at the very much alive Harry. And so Molly kind of asks them, she's like, I don't want them to tell, don't tell Arthur. Um, and she feels like she's being silly. And she even like kind of says to Harry, oh, like, what must you think of me? I'm um, not being able to get rid of like a little bogger. And he's just like, one of those times it's like, just stop. Like, <laughs> I don't mean it in that way, but like. You're you're not being silly. You're allowed to feel, Molly. You're allowed to feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um cuz she even says like in the book she's like I see that dead all the time. All the time I dream about it, which is heart-quenching and makes me want to cry. I won't lie. So let's read another part of it. 
It says, I'm just so worried, she said, spilling tears out of her tears spilling out of her eyes again. Half the family's in the order. It'll be a miracle if we all come through this. And Percy's not talking to us. What if something dreadful happens and we had never made up? And what's going to happen if Arthur and I get killed? Who's going to look after Ron and Ginny? Ugh. My heart clenches. These are real fears, though, and real, like, things that can come true. I just also remember, I was in high school, my mom and I were fighting, and I got into a car accident, and she um, picked me up, and she was like, and she goes, what would have happened if, like, and luckily, like, no one was really hurt. No one was hurt. No one was hurt. Yep, no one was hurt. I'm trying to think back. Um, So, everything was fine. Just the cars were hurt. Um, and she's just like, what would have happened if, like, you would have been seriously injured or something would have happened and you weren't talking to me? And it makes me stop and think. It's like, ooh. Yeah. Um, so Remus, look there, I said it, continues yeah. to comfort her. <laughs> um, but he's honestly speaking honestly. You know, this time around, they're more prepared. Um, they, they kind of have, like, a leg up, be, like, as compared to the first time around um he's like i can't promise like we can't promise no one's gonna get hurt but they're better off now than the last time last time they were outnumbered 20 to 1 it was like Mm -hmm. they were just picking the order members off um which really does remind me of the newest star wars movies a lot yeah um so then sirius speaks up and says um that percy uh I, I didn't finish my sentence that Percy will end up coming around you know the, the ministry is going to end up begging for forgiveness because it's only really a matter of time before Voldemort comes around out of hiding um, and also does she think that they would just let Ginny and Ron starve um, if anything God forbid happens to Molly and Arthur and I was like it's it's like I don't want to say like foreshadowing or but it's like they're both both Lupin and Sirius are saying all these things that like almost like they're hopeful that they're gonna survive this and they're like we wouldn't let anything happen to your kids and like you know we're more prepared and we have all of these things and they don't know that they're gonna die oh and that's sad um and then you know kind of after Molly hears this she has like a big smile on her face Um, And I think she's feeling, like, a little bit better. And um, I uh, wrote something, and I don't know. Oh, she reiterates. That's the word I spelled, because I can't spell it correctly. So that's why I don't know what it said. (laughs) She reiterates her feelings that she feels like she's being silly. And I said, to me, she's just being a mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, I... I remember my aunt um, years ago, because her kid's now like 13, had asked my mom, she goes, when do you stop worrying? And mom's like, you never do. And, you know, even when we're grown, like my grandma, um, when we lived with her and when I was in high school, literally would be like, make sure you tell me when you get home. I'm like, grandma's going to be like, I don't care. Like, she would like stay up to like make sure that you got home okay. And it could have been like late at night and she would have been sleeping in bed. But, like, we used to joke around, so her bedroom was on the second floor, and you'd open the door, and she'd be like, who's there? And it's like, you know, if someone's gonna come in and, like, God forbid, rob you or something, like, <laughs> you from the top of the stairs being like, who's there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss that old lady. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I am going to read from the book again. Okay. So she's like trying to, you know, sop up her tears. And she, you know, talking about being silly and says, but Harry closing his bedroom door behind him some 10 minutes later could not think Mrs. Weasley silly. He could still see his parents beaming up at him from the tattered old photograph, unaware that their lives, like so many of those around them, were drawing to a close. The image of the Boggart posing as the corpse of each member of Mrs. Weasley's family in turn kept flashing before his eyes. Without warning, the scar on his uh, forehead seared with pain again and his stomach churned horribly. Um, I just like, it's just like a heavy this is a heavy chapter you know what I mean they a lot has happened a mm-hmm. lot of emotions mm-hmm. um it's heavy in like the Weasley. very last parts of the chapter it's like I mean there's a lot that happens throughout the whole chapter but then it just like hits so hard at the end and you're like oh my gosh I mean think like, about where we were at the beginning of this chapter right it, it wasn't when Ron was getting back from telling Molly, which broom he wanted? Like, no, we split this because yeah. we were at the ministry at the beginning of this chapter. Yeah, yeah. like that's how much was jam packed in here. Yeah. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, you yeah. go from being really happy for Harry to being like super sad for Molly and Harry. Yeah, it's like it's sure. just she took us um, on an adventure. Um, so I'm just going to finish up the chapter that I'm going to talk about another article. Um, so his scar was hurting again so much so that his stomach literally churned. Is that the Horcrux? (laughs) (laughs) No, he's just got a migraine. (laughs) Just like, just like I'm getting today. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's because I had one cup of coffee when lately I've been having like a thousand, um, so then he was rubbing his scar because, you know, he was thinking that was going to make the pain go away. And he told it to cut it out. Um, which is funny because scar. scars don't talk back. Unless you're Scar from The Lion King. <laughs> that makes me think of the Taylor Swift <laughs> lyric where she says, I asked the traffic lights if it'll be all right. They say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I asked my scar if it'll be all right. It says, I don't know. (laughs) Then a sly voice from the empty portraits on the wall said, for a sign of madness, talking to your own head. Get out of here, Phineas. Interesting. It's a sly voice. Mm. So he ignores the voice and um, kind of is thinking about how old how much older he felt after like just the hour of life that has happened you know there's a lot there's a lot that literally just happened with the photograph and the drawing room you know he had to recreate the picture i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh and you know to think about like an hour ago he was worried about the joke shop and prefix badges truth yeah um, and because I'm a bad co-host, did anybody read the Wizarding World article that's the chapter that made us fall in love with Molly Weasley? No. No. Well, there's a Wizarding World article entitled The Chapter That Made Us Fall in Love with Molly Weasley. And it says it's hard to pinpoint the moment when Molly became one of our all-time favorite characters, but this emotional scene is a good start. Um, 
And it talks about like the third task when she visited Harry. Blah blah blah. Blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah. Um, I'm trying to think. My back hurts. It says talking about um, <laughs> my Molly's back affects role. my brain. It does. Molly's role in Harry's life, and it talks about um, Order of the Phoenix, and it says, um, you know talking about the uh, nothing proved this more this being like you know um, he's more than Ron's friend he's family in Molly's eyes um, when you know it says nothing proved this more than in chapter 9 the woes of Molly Weasley except it's Mrs. Weasley same person when Harry walked in on her trying to banish a bogart that had taken the shape of her worst fear the death of her family and he saw his own body um, and then you know all of that and this is it made more apparent in Deathly Hallows when she gave him gave Harry her late brother's watch for his seventeenth birthday because it was tradition traditional to give a wizard a watch when he came of age. Ugh, I just love her so much. Um, so it goes through all of the chapters and other things, but I just love Molly. Yeah. She's like a perfectly imperfect written mom. You know what I mean? She really is. She really is. Yeah. She they like there are definitely moments where she annoys me, but at the end of the day, she is just being a mom, doing what she thinks is right. And I, even though she annoys me, I still like her most of the time. Yeah. That's what we say about you, Megan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me with them lightning bolts. Bana, bana. <laughs> Vinny would like us to sort Janice. Janice, Janice? is a Ravenclaw. No. <laughs> but she's uh, I kind so of think witty. she's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. yeah Puff. Um, for a lot of reasons I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, we can't even talk about it. I think yeah. she's a Puff. Yeah. Yeah. Moving Hashtag on. Keep the secrets. Okay. Ooh, there's a lot of. But uh... it also said, you know what though. Um, I would say either a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor, and again for reasons I can't say. Sorry, I sorry, still... Discord, we can't talk about it. <laughs> I still am going Ravenclaw. Give me, give me your reasons why. Just because oh. she's witty, Jiminy. Yeah, she's Chris. witty. She's weird. She, <laughs> but she's really not. What makes her weird? Her voice. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. Give me your best, She's Janice. She's smart. Laugh. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> now I want the Petruses, please. What? Give me your best, Janice. Janice. <laughs> no. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't no, perfected not the like Janice that. voice. Oh, I don't know. Oh, Chandler Bing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Chandler oh, my god Chandler Chandler <laughs> oh. oh that was good alright Amanda asks Harry finds out in this chapter his dad was never a prefix so James being head boy is that storytelling mistake or is it possible he was head boy without having been a prefect no, like I said earlier um, you don't have to be a prefect to be head boy or girl Correct, Amongo. At least in the Harry Potter world. Amongo? Right. Yep. 
Correctamongo. Correctamongo. Kate asks, if you were Ron and Molly said you could get anything for becoming a prefect, what would you ask for? A broom. An, an animal. He has an animal. If I was Ron, I would ask for a broom. That's exactly what Ron would want, you know? Oh, am I Ron? Oh, I thought I was me. You you are you. You are you oh. and you want Molly's no, you're, your mom. No, you're Ron. I know, but like Ron would I would agree, Ron would want a broom. Oh yeah. Oh. I agree. Okay. Yeah. I would I want what you animal. want. I would want another pet. I'd want another cat. Give me a kitty cat. <laughs> I would want a hairless cat just so I could name it Harry. I wouldn't no. I would just want money so I could put it towards a bill. <laughs> You're so strange. Or a pair of very expensive shoes. How what much money are we shoes? saying do we get? Are these magical shoes? Sure. <laughs> what? What was your question? How much money do we get to spend? Oh, I don't know. Well, the shoes I'm thinking of are quite expensive, so maybe not Ten the shoes. billion galleons. <laughs> Vinny wants some catnip. Yeah. All right. Next Vinny asked, did Ron and Hermione ever use the prefix bathroom? Yeah. Yeah, they did. I'm sure. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, everyone has to go potty. Everybody poops. Sometimes. Sometimes. You know they use that bathroom. Sure. Not, I don't think together. Oh, Can I yeah, be honest? Can I be Maybe honest? Maybe not in fifth year, but in sixth year. They get in pond fresh with each other. Oh, yeah. It just... They don't mention personal hygiene enough within the series. I know. When do they ever shower? They never shower. <laughs> just saying. Do they need Smelly to mention kids. it? Or is it just assumed that they're not filthy animals? They could probably just go scourgeify and then they're clean. So maybe they never need to shower. No. Just scourgeify your pits? Showering it reminds me like stuff like that reminds wizards. me of like the the foam hand sanitizer at work is like great. It will kill germs, all that stuff. But there's something to be said about washing your hands with soap and water, man. I give me, agree. give me that warm soap. Nope, give me that warm water and soap. <laughs> give me that warm soap. I want soap. that warm soap. I'd like and the warm cold soap. water. <laughs> oh, oh, my webs they weave together when I wash my hands with my soap and water. Uh, can you read the next question before she goes on? Tam. She's she's starting to lose it. <laughs> Tam asks, how many teenage emotional points were vindictively taken from other students? Oh, hundreds. Thousands. Millions. A million. I mean, if we're talking One about in the entire I want you each to give me a specific number right now. <laughs> One million. You go. Forty-two. One million. Vinny says, just ask Snape, which is so true. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Megan, yes. give me a number. Um, Approximately 5,200,036. Oh. Mikey. <laughs> Did you hear the number that Katie gave? What? 42. No, I'm sure it was like <laughs> a bajillion. <laughs> uh, excuse me, it was seven... <laughs> Seven. 
Um, Ensign Tilly, Sarah, asks, but what would it have been like if Harry had been made prefect because Malfoy was one too? It would have been just fighting. That would have been dreary in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Harry and Draco would have gone to the prefect's bathroom. (laughs) We gotta keep things like PG around here. They're just going potty. They would go potty. This is family friendly. So, like, do you think, like, I don't, in my head, or maybe it's true that the prefix bathroom is, like, huge. Like, if I'm in there taking a bath, you know, swimming around, doing my bath time thing, and Katie <laughs> wants to get in there and have her bath time fun, can, like, she, does she have to wait? Like, is only one person per use? Or, like, are there stalls so. to actually use the actual toilets? Only one. <laughs> <laughs> I always envisioned that if somebody was in there, the door kind of self-locked. Man, what if you really gotta go? Well, then you go to your other room. That's crud. Regular toilet. <laughs> you just go, and then you vanish it. Yeah, yeah. you just scourgeify it. My other question is, like, can two people be in there at the same time? Like, Or are they gonna do, like, Gryffindor girl stairs and, like, Zoom, you gone. Mm-hmm. I feel mm. like, I don't know, I feel like it might be only one. Maybe they have set only times. one shall enter. Um. Unless yeah. you're, um, the heck's her name? <laughs> Myrtle. Myrtle. Myrtle's, Myrtle's a ghost, though. Boo. Kim would like to know if we like Judy or Moodai better. Judy. Mudai. Mudai makes me laugh because I think it's like fresh and new, but like Judy yeah. is a whole book, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I'm with that. Can can we call him Mudai for this book? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, my, yeah. Honestly, my new favorite thing is Eric Munch. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I went to brunch with him today. Did you? Eric Munch is a very important person. Did you talk a bunch? He's the VIP of the ministry. <laughs> the history on Eric Munch and the information on that backstory is outrageous. It's insane. It's I crazy. Mean, I can't wait to talk about it someday. There's a hunch that Eric Munch has a lot of little munches. Oh. <laughs> Munches, meeches, mooches. <laughs> What's Eric's wife's name? Hmm. Erica. Erica. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Guys, we can't talk about all this information. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And since Tilly Sarah said, "Did Moody purposefully not show?" show the picture to Molly because her brothers were in the photo. Mm. I think I he know. just, like, thought of it that moment. Like, oh, Harry, by the way, I have this picture I want to show you. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think he really thought about it. Sometimes Moody doesn't seem like the guy that has all the <laughs> thoughts in his head, you know? Uh, not for emotions. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not very emotional. Yeah. Um... Isaiah asked, do you think there's any connection between this Order of the Phoenix and the version we're introduced to in Fantastic Beasts? I don't know what that means. There's one introduced in Fantastic Beasts? I don't know. I don't know either. This is a Harry Potter podcast. Well, there's not like an Order of the Phoenix, but like... 
Wait, does he mean just the phoenix? I don't know. I don't know. Please clarify. Oh, yeah. He is typing, don't worry. He is currently typing. There's Um, an Order of the Phoenix with Nicholas Flamel. Hmm. I don't remember that. I don't know who Nicholas Flamel is. (laughs) When they brought that up, they were posting in the Discord chat. Everyone was posting a lot of um, articles about how it might, like, rewrite the timeline of Order of the Order of the Phoenix. So we'll see. Uh, uh, no, huh. no correlation. Currently, the Fantastic Beast one is bogus and not canon. I just am not a big <laughs> fan of all of these things that are changing timelines. I agree with that. Yeah. Mm. All right. Kim asks, can you touch a morphed Bogart? Like, the full illusion... Like, is it the full illusion solid, or does it keep its solid ditto form underneath the illusion? Ditto. <laughs> What does Ditto feel like? Ditto feels like Play-Doh. No. I'm thinking Jello. No. I was fine. Like Flubber? I always yes. thought Play-Doh. No, well, that's that really looks like, That Gooey looks like body. Flubber to me. Oh yeah, no, Flubber. That's what I meant. You guys because just didn't you guys just weren't understanding what I was saying, okay? You okay. all say it feels like flubber, like you know what flubber feels like. Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I've met Flubber. I've met Flubber. He makes an appearance in the Imagination Pavilion at Walt Disney World. So Life what we put our nose rose on your nose. <laughs> Maui Potter asks, what chapter or part in the books did you guys fall in love with Molly? At the train station in Sorcerer's Stone. Oh my god, right? That? Or if you're uh, still yeah. if you're still clinging on, like what solidifies it is when she says that Terry is as good as her son. Yeah. yeah. Well even before that when um they're doing the, the tournament thing and like the family's there and Harry's like, yes. My animals aren't gonna be there. Surprise, surprise, it's Molly! Oh, yeah. I also really love in Chamber of Secrets whenever, um, like, she she's yelling at Ron, Fred, and George, and then she's just like, oh, Harry, go get breakfast. It's okay. It's oh, yeah. Fault. I also That's really sweet. love that um, at the end of Goblet, when she gives him, it makes me want to cry thinking about it. Like, that big hug, and he's like, I've never been hugged like this. Oh, yes. yes. Oh. Yeah, his horcrux didn't act up right then. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> oh, I had to, I'm sorry. Alright, last question. Mia asks, what scene or chapter made you fall in love with your favorite character? Um, what? Probably the very first mention of Remus Lupin. Right. <laughs> mine... No, honestly, though, mine is Ron. And I think that when I fell Not in Lily? love... Not Lily? Well, I mean, I love Lily, but, like, in terms of reading the... Like, I love Lily because of, like, my own little headcanon that I've created of Lily. But if I'm strictly speaking of, like, the books, Ron is probably my favorite character behind Lupin. Get out. So Ron, I probably fell in love with him whenever he tried to turn Scabbers yellow, and then he had Early dirt on, on his nose. Early I just on. love him. He's just sweet. 
Whenever in Prisoner of Azkaban, when they're doing the whole... Like, I fell in love with Remus from the beginning, but then, like, when they did the whole Marauder's story, like, that whole chapter, I was like, yes. This is my jam. Also, when he's teaching Harry the Patronus charm. Yeah. Great scene. Because he's freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Hey. Tiffany. Oh, meant nitwit blubber tweak. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like I don't have a straight answer at all because I just, I really like, obviously we all know that like my two favorite characters are Hagrid and Ron and like, I just like that Hagrid is very much like, I don't know, everything he does, I just love him. Um, cause he stands up for like things that you wouldn't, he's just, you don't expect him to be like such a sweet guy. Um. And I just love him. And then Ron is very much, like, uh, sassy, uh, if you would say. And, like, if she, if he was as vulgar as she wanted him to be, like, with the swears and everything, like, that is me. I am him. Basically. <laughs> I just love them both. Yeah. I like it. I dig it. I also really love, like, Fred is another good character. Mm-hmm. I, I also agree. really love Hermione. I think yeah. I really started to love Hermione during her whole spew thing. I was like, yeah, this girl gets me. Uh-huh. I would have done that. I would have been all over that. Yeah, you, 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 you would have spewed. Oh, yeah. You don't live that. A thousand percent would I would have been vice and president. And I a thousand percent would have been like, bye. She would have been at that sponsored scrub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Who is ready? For the fan story. I am. I am. I'm not. Well, strap in, Sarah. We're going for a ride. I will say, when I first saw it, I read the first name as Emma. So it's like, Emma Roberts. I'm like, she listens. That'd be awesome. It's out of control. But we're lucky because we have an awesome listener named Emily Roberts. Oh, hey, Emily. What's up? All right. Hi, ladies. My name is Emily Roberts. I'm 23, a proud Gryffindor. Air high fives, Tiffany. And I'm high fiving pa- you back. And my Patronus is a Russian blue cat. Jealous. Oh, man, those are beautiful. My wand is made of pear wood. It is 12 and, and one quarter inches long and has a unicorn hair core. To say that I got into Harry Potter late would be a bit of an understatement. Four years ago, my friend Pamela was coming over for one of our typical movie nights, and she su- she suggested watching Harry Potter. I wasn't allowed to read the books when I was younger and had never seen any of the movies, so I wasn't super interested, but gave in, and that's what we ended up watching. We watched the first four movies in one day, and I was immediately hooked. We planned to get together the following week to finish up the movies, but I couldn't wait that long, so I started reading the books. In that week, I read the first three books and was in the process of starting Goblet of Fire. The next week, we finally got together, ended up making homemade butterbeer, and watched the last four movies. We started at 8 that night and finished up around 6 the following morning. It was amazing. I devoured the remaining books and was at a complete loss when I finally finished Deathly Hollows. I couldn't Same. believe that this amazing world had existed for so long and I had only just now discovered it. Better late than never, I suppose. A few years later, my sweet friend Pamela got engaged and the other bridesmaids and myself decided to surprise her with a trip to the Wizarding World for her bachelor- bachelorette party. She had no idea we were going until the morning of and her reaction was priceless. Q 
Keeping that secret for months was so hard, but definitely worth it in the end. Being able to experience the magic of that place for the first time with a friend who had introduced me to it all was nothing short of amazing. Mm. Overall, I want to thank you ladies for this amazing podcast and for being a constant source of joy in my life. 2018 was a rough and stressful year for me while I was while being in nursing school, and you all never failed to make me laugh. Listening to the podcast on my commute to and from school made the day significantly brighter, and I thank you for that. Hopefully one day I'll be able to meet you all and give you a hug in person. But until then, you ladies keep doing your thing, and always remember, don't let the muggles get you down. Oh, I hope we get to meet as well, and I will give you a squeeze. Yeah, also, uh, tell your friend Pamela thank you for uh, from us for getting you into Potter. Yeah, that's yeah, that's and an awesome. Congratulations story. on doing nursing school. Yeah, that's going to be me soon. Hopefully, it will be. I love that you guys didn't just watch like the first movie you like dove into all four and then the first you just four. like read all the books that's awesome <laughs> so thank you for sharing your story yes so in case anybody doesn't know by now you can follow us on social media we're on facebook at swish and flick podcast we have a facebook group called swish and flick podcast group we have an instagram at swish Flickcast. We have a Twitter at SwishFootCast, and we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SwishFlickCast. I did not see that coming. I know. I thought it was going to be cast SwishFlick. I know. What were we thinking? Don't confuse people. So if you are interested, Discord, I mean, Patreon gets you Discord. You (laughs) (laughs) You can join us on our live recordings on Discord, which is super fun. We love chatting with people before we record and then chatting while we're recording, et cetera, et cetera. Also, we get our monthly hangouts for Phoenix patrons and all other kinds of fun little things. If you go to patreon.com forward slash swishflickcast, you can see all the details. Um, but it allows us to keep this podcast going and do all of the amazing things that we get to do. Teddy is super excited about <laughs> Patreon, too, in case you didn't know. He came so loud. <laughs> he came running It was, here. like, so fast. Um, so, yeah. Tiffany, what's up with your life? Um, I lifted today legs. Yeah, nice. so that was fun. Um, you know, I'm just I'm just doing one of these things where I'm just trying to not turn my alarm off in my sleep in the morning. Oh my god! <laughs> Good luck with that. Meaning, I would need all the luck in the world for that. So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just being a mom. She's like my daughter, that is. It's just turning into like my little best friend, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, she's pretty cute. It's just a lot of fun. She's pretty funny. (laughs) She had this. I was like taking a video of her because Marty was singing If You're Happy and You Know It to her, and she like is doing it, and then all of a sudden she like turns around, and then like her shoulders go up and her arms are out, and she does this like creep walk. (laughs) <laughs> and I lost it. I was like, what are you doing? Like, funny. 
and she laughed so hard she fell over. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I swear to you, the night that I took that video after she went to bed, I watched it 15 times. <laughs> if not more. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's so, she just she she creep walks like a pro. The other day she put on your scarf. And so she's wearing your scarf around her neck, walking around, and she had like there's like a diaper on and got stuck to her foot. It was like a not used diaper. So she's just shuffling around her house. This long scarf that's too long for her and a diaper stuck to her foot. It was so funny. It was like, Alana, I'm like, what you doing? You got a diaper stuck to your foot. She goes, huh? And then, like, look down. <laughs> it's pretty cute. She's just the cutest thing ever in the entire world. Yep. So that's me. Oh, I didn't like the recipe I made this week, by the way. What'd you Did make? That? No, I didn't. I don't know what it, I wasn't called anything in like specific, but I don't think I like oregano, and I don't think I enjoy a lot of lemony flavor with my chicken. I don't either. Not that oh, I eat chicken I like anymore. Uh, so, not gonna make that one again. I like a light lemony, not too lemony. Yeah, it was like I didn't. I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. I feel it. <laughs> what's happening with the peaches household we've been yoga-ing we have been and it's been really relaxing and nice because work has been super stressful and like overwhelming for me and I come home in a bad mood and I hate that and doing yoga has helped me uh, stop my bad mood in its tracks and leave it at work and not bring it home so good job today like it and it was like really just lot. like a breathing one today, but it yeah. was like really nice. So, like, I honestly felt like really cruddy when I came home. And then we yeah. did that, and I was like, I'm good to go. Yeah. I did yoga once with Tiffany in the park, and I'd never done it before. And the woman doing the class <laughs> basically was telling me, but like saying it to the entire class, she goes, Don't worry about what anyone else is doing, just do you. And I like said to Tiffany afterwards, I'm like, I was watching people because she was saying things and I didn't know what she meant. So I was like, she would say like a move and I'm like, all right, now I have to look around and see what they're doing. (laughs) I had to do that too, though, because I didn't know what they were talking about half the time. It was was a nice time, though. It was fun. It just makes me dizzy. I could see that. I could see that too. Yeah. It hasn't so far for me, which is nice, but I enjoy it. I'm also trying to read a little bit more often. Also, let me just throw this PSA out there. Please wash your hands. Thanks. Do it properly. 20 seconds. <laughs> That's all. Can you guys hear hey. the car alarm going off? Yep. Ugh. Oh, they stopped oh, it's it. Gone. It's, it's done. Tommy Sorry. Innkeeper. He got it. Yeah, Tommy Innkeeper got it. <laughs> whoop whoop. What else? I don't know. You can follow us on Instagram at the Petrus Family and on Twitter at the Petrus Family. But yeah, we're yogaing and reading, and it's been great. Just trying to chill out. Yeah, you know. And I am trying to like not be sick anymore. That's good. I'm on Twitter. <laughs> 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 at tiff swish underscore flick what about I you Sarah? um I'm not doing much of anything these days I think this is the start of my 
spring break, actually. When does this come out? The 14th, 15th? March 15th, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it is it's our my, anniversary. Um, spring break. I have, I think, my first and possibly only wedding this year that I'm not in. I'm attending as a guest. I couldn't be more excited about that. Um, and otherwise, just trying to survive life. I've been re-watching Weeds, which is a very much not kid-friendly show. Um, between my school times and my podcasting times. And that's about it. I have no life. Uh, yeah. You have Living the dream. What? I said you have a life. Uh, I mean, I really don't, though. It's full of school that's and life. podcasting. And, uh, that is the life. Yeah. But yeah, living the dream. As Katie said, wash your hands. Yeah. Kind to one another. Yep. <laughs> My cats are real mad at me right now because it is right. past their dinner time. Okay. Well, let's That's feed the cats. Let's feed the cats. So that concludes this the week's cats. episode. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna sing that to them all the time now. What? Feed the cats. Top ends. Who's that? Feed the birds. Feed the birds. Feed the birds. This is what happens when we're recording at 10:40 at night, and I've been up since five. All right, Tiffany. Fine. You may tell the muggles to uh, not let us down or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Okay. So that concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't let the muggles get you down. (gasps) Amazing! Just my voice! Hit the record button. Okay, now we're ready. Teddy, you need to quiet your little butt down. Don't you silence my son. <laughs> Sarah, you need you need to sing that again right now. You can't breathe. I don't even start. Moon eye the over guy. Because <laughs> it goes mood, 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 mood. Mood eye the or guy. Or is rule. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs>